what's it going to cost? What, uh, that won't work. We, we tried that, and it just doesn't work. Do, you, do we really need that? Aren't, aren't there other things that we can, could do instead? Aren't there other people that could do it? I, I don't think people will support it. Uh, every church has, uh, has at least one, sometimes more than one, uh, persons that, that, that want to uh, give those statements. There, there's people that are, are the realists. They're the devil, devil's advocate. They're the ones that like, no, no, I don't think we can handle that. Uh, I don't think we can do that kind of project. Jesus, unfortunately, was surrounded by 12 people that thought that way. Uh, if you have your Bibles, look with me in Mark chapter 6. We're, we're going to see some good news this morning. We're going to see good news that Jesus fed the hungry. Uh, and and we'll, we'll, we'll make an application there and see what exactly that means. Jesus sought to do something spectacular, uh, and yet he was surrounded by people that said, no, we can't do that. There's a problem here, Jesus, that can't be done, and yet he made it happen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to uh, Mark chapter 6. Uh, let's... Uh, uh, let's Look at that section, starting with first, uh, uh, verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. Then Jesus landed and saw a large crowd. He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so they can get can go to the surrounding uh, countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take eight months uh, of a man's wage. Are we to go and spend that much money on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you had, have, he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit in groups uh, on the green grass. So he sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples and set before the people. He also divided the two fish among them. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. So multiply that by, by, by two or a three factor, and you have ten to 15,000 people that there. I want you to notice, uh, notice something, and, and it's something we've been seeing in this passage or, or in the Gospel of Mark uh, quite often already, Jesus, first of all, had compassion. Jesus had compassion. Now, I want you to understand kind of the setting. When we start this text, it says the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that, had, all that they had done and taught. If you go back to chapter 6, there at the start of chapter 6, verses 6 through 13, I'm not going to read that, but you can read that later. It tells us a story of what happened. Jesus took his 12, uh, 12 apostles and he set them out two by two so to, to the, the surrounding countryside and told them and empowered them to teach 
and to cast out demons. And we know from their report that they not only did that, but they also uh, anointed people with oil and healed people. Uh, so he set them out, and then Jesus went a whole different direction and began to, to, to teach. So when we see this text start, they had just got back from their first, their first journey. The, the, these apostles who were so stoked to follow Jesus. Remember we've been talking the last few weeks how they were excited to be with Jesus, particularly when there were crowds. And this was one of those times when, when, uh, when this story starts that a crowd showed up again. But Jesus had sent them out, and they were doing ministry themselves. And how exciting when Jesus said, I'm going to empower you that you can say to demons, be gone, and they'll leave. Just like they had just seen with the, from, from last week's sermon with the, the, uh, the man that was, was uh, inhabited by many demons that were called legion. And, and also be able to anoint them with oil and provide them health again. Man, how exciting. So they came back and they were talking about what all they had done. And, and, and people started showing up again. In fact, there were so many people. It says they were coming and going. There was so much activity that, that Jesus said, you know, we need, to, we need to get away for a while. And so they got in a boat and headed out into the Sea of Galilee. And their intent was to, to sell a little ways. We don't know how far or where, but to sell a little ways so they could find a solitary place where they could rest and they could find something to eat. Now, I want you to notice a couple things. Uh, first of all, I, I want you to notice uh, that obviously Jesus and his disciples were tired. They had been ministering, people had been coming left and right, and it said so much so that they didn't have time to eat. Some of you have had those days like that where you're so busy. Maybe you're getting stuff ready. Uh, some of you got graduation coming up. That graduation weekend is going to be a, a, a world you're going to be cleaning the house and Dads are going to be getting the yards ready and, and getting all the... You're, you won't even have time to sleep, and you're going to be wore out. You can imagine this. They were tired, and it was so busy that they didn't even have time to stop and get something to eat. So they were, they were tired and hungry. Now, I want you to notice this, that, that they sought rest. Uh, Jesus was tired and hungry. He needed to, to take some time to step away. Uh, Scripture tells us, and, and we know that Jesus was, was holy, that he was God's son, that he was God incarnate, but Jesus was also human. It's hard for us to figure that out and understand it, uh, but, but Philippians chapter 2 tells us that, that he had taken on the form of a human, the likeness of a human. So he took on our human body. He was still God in the flesh. He was still fully God, but, but he took on the form of a human Jesus knew what it was like to, to hunger. He knew what it was like to be tired. He knew what it was like to be weary. He knew what it was like to have every emotion that we have. So, so that day, after teaching and teaching and teaching and not having anything to eat, he was tired and hungry. So I want you to note that first, that Jesus realized it was okay to rest. Now, I realize in most churches, our problem is not uh, that we're so busy doing ministry that we need to be told to rest. Uh, the reality is most of the times in churches, we're begging people to join us in ministry. But, but there may be some of you, and I'm speaking to a few of you out there, that, that tire or that, that labor tirelessly. And I just want to point out that Jesus took time off. Jesus rested. So, so don't feel guilty. Never feel guilty if there's seasons in your life or if there are days in your week or hours in your day where you need to step back 
and say, you know what, I need some time for me. I need to relax. And that's exactly what was going on here. He needed rest. Now, I'm not a fisherman. Now, let me, let me rephrase that. I like to catch fish, but I'm not a fisherman. Now, if I throw my, if I throw my, my line and a bobber in and, and I catch fish, I love to fish if they're biting. Uh, if, if, uh, you know, if I, I cast out and every couple casts, I get a bite and I pull in a little bass. Man, I, I, that stokes me. I love that. I don't like to fish. If I throw my, my line out there and the bobber just sits there, and the only bobbing it does is from the, the little bit of wind that's blowing, I, I, this is what I do. I, I, go, I don't know. Maybe I give it a minute and a half. I reel it in. My, my worm must have fallen off. Nope, my worm's still there. Cast it back out to a different spot, of course. Adjust the high, the, the, the depth. And, uh, you know, if I, if I, you know, if I've got a lure and I'm casting it out and nothing's biting, I take it off. I take the worm off and put some kind of lure and I don't really have any of that stuff. But I, I, those of you that, uh, those of you that can go sit in a, in a boat all day and fish and not really catch anything and get out and it's like, wow, that was a great day. Jason, is that you? Is that, eh, you still like to catch fish. I know you like to catch fish. Yeah. But, you know, that, that bumper sticker, the worst day of fishing is better than the best day of work. I don't buy it for myself. Not that I, just, I don't like to work that much necessarily, but you know, but but understand where Jesus was. He said he get the he and disciples get in a boat and they go out on the Sea of Galilee, um, and and I'm guessing it was a calm day and the the sky was blue and it was cool out and nice breeze, and they get away, and and boy, they're just relaxing. So, so those of you that like to just have that time away. Uh, that's kind of where Jesus was at here. That they 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 were resting. It was a time to just take a deep breath from their busyness and and their ministry and their service. Now, I want you also to notice that uh, that Jesus noticed. Uh, see, we we see there that he had compassion. What happens is is that he saw he saw the people uh, and and he had compassion on them. If you have your your Bibles there in in, uh, uh, in uh, Mark chapter six, look at verse thirty four. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began uh, he began to teach. Jesus first of all saw their spiritual need. He saw their hearts. It says that he saw them and they were like sheep without a shepherd. They, they were like sheep that were scattered. They were like sheep that didn't know where to go to get green pasture. They didn't know where to go to get still waters. They didn't know where to go to feel protection. He saw them as sheep without, without a shepherd. And the, the text doesn't tell us this, but I just wonder, I just wonder as they pulled up and, and started heading toward the, toward the shore, and, and they look over and it says the people saw the boat, so they probably had never got that far out into the Sea of Galilee, uh, and they, they ran ahead as they pulled over. I imagine his, his disciples saw the people, and I imagine they're thinking, oh, no. And, and I wonder if they didn't tug on Jesus' uh, coat and say, Jesus, can, can we go back out to sea? There, there's going to be people there again. And you wonder if in that crowd, uh, that that had gathered there. If it wasn't some of the same people that these disciples had just ministered to, 
You know, they just went out two by two all over. And, and I wonder if some of the crowd wasn't there because they had talked about Jesus. They said, man, you've got to hear this guy. And he, he tells us about love and about, uh, about how God cares for us. And he talks about forgiveness and compassion. And I wonder if some of the crowd were the very ones that they had, had touched, the very ones that they had ministered to. Uh, but, but, I, but I just have a feeling they were, oh, good grief, again? But what happens with Jesus? He had compassion. Now, moments before, maybe it was an hour before, two hours, I don't know what it was. Moments before, he said, guys, let's get in a boat. We need some time alone. We need to get away and rest and eat. But then he saw the people. And he had compassion. Church, let me throw this out there. We need to be moved by what moves Jesus. Let me say that again. I want that to sink in. I want you to, I want you to buy into that. I, I, I want you to believe that because that, that, that is true from Scripture. We need to be moved by what moves Jesus. Uh, when we started our series on Mark uh, several weeks ago or several months ago, I guess now, we started our series on Mark. I challenged, I challenged you to do, uh, to do something. I challenged you to be reading the Gospel of Mark. Now, I don't want you to raise your hands. I don't want anyone to, uh, uh, to gloat. I don't want anyone to feel embarrassed. But So just kind of in your head, you can answer this to yourself. I'm going to ask you, how many of you have read the Gospel of Mark in the last couple months? Uh, now, I don't want you to feel necessarily bad about it. No, I do. I want, you to, I want you to feel guilty. I want you to read the Gospel of Mark. But, but here's the point. How can we know what moves Jesus if we don't know who Jesus is? How can we know the heart of Jesus if we don't know who Jesus is? How can we know the compassion of Jesus if we don't know who Jesus is? How can we know his love if we don't know who he is? Now, now let me answer that rhetorical question. Um, uh, we, we actually can through the Holy Spirit. Scripture tells us a lot about, about God giving us his spirit. The truth is, we can know who Jesus is, and we can know his love and his compassion. Because the reality is, even without reading the Gospel of Mark, you can have that compassion of Christ. But boy, it just makes it so much easier when we read the Scripture, when we see what Jesus did, when we notice this passage, and and maybe you're reading it when you're weary, and you see Jesus, oh, they were tired, they were so busy they couldn't even eat, and you're thinking, man, I understand that. And the very next phrase you see is that He had compassion on people. See, it's important that we read Scripture so we know exactly who Jesus Jesus is. Need to be moved by what moves Jesus, and let me ask this question. This is kind of a, a two part question, or two two uh, two ways to apply this. Uh, what moves you I- individually, guys, as as uh, men and women, as, as as children? What are you moved by? Now, Chad pointed this out what about a month ago that I was moved by a KU loss. So much so that I got sick to my stomach and couldn't make it to church one Sunday. It really wasn't that, guys. I really was sick. Ask my wife. Sometimes we're moved by, by sports teams. Sometimes we're, we're, we're moved by politics. We're, we're moved by, nothing wrong with that. We're moved by our grandchildren. We're moved by our children's activities. But, but, but when was the last time we were moved when we saw someone and had compassion on them. And, and let me let me make that application a little bit bigger. Church, when was the last time we were moved? 
and, and the reality is kind of uh, kind of a problem here. The, the, the church isn't going to be moved if we're not moved as individuals. We, we've got to be moved as individuals to make the church move as well. We have to be moved by what moves Jesus, and he he saw these people. He noticed them and saw their spiritual need. Now, notice here as well, Jesus didn't just see their spiritual need. He also saw their physical need. Um, it, it wasn't just meeting the need in their, their spiritual lives, but but at the end of the day when the disciples, and we'll talk a little bit about their motivation here in a second, uh, when they said, hey, it's getting late, we need to send these guys to get something to eat, um, Jesus uh, ended up saying, well, you guys should do something about it. You feed them. And, and and we know what happens. We know the miracle that ends up feeding all those people from five loaves and two fish and had 12 basketfuls left over. But but Jesus didn't see just spiritual. He saw physical needs. R- Rita grew up with a, a kid named Kirby Rogers. Uh, how, how much younger? Three or four year, years younger than you. Uh, grew up in her home church and uh, grew up around her uh, his, his family. Kirby... Um, Kind of pains me to say it's Kirby is a graduate of K-State University. Uh, you guys can go ahead and cheer if you want. Uh, graduated from K-State. He's, uh, had, had a degree in, in, uh, agriculture of, of some sort. And, but, but Kirby was moved to go to the mission field. And so he moved, uh, right after graduating from college and raising funds, he moved, uh, to Burma, uh, to be a missionary. Now, if you were to, uh, if you were to interview Kirby after he'd been in Burma for a couple of years and ask him some of the typical questions that we ask missionaries, you probably would have been disappointed. So Kirby, how many converts have you had? And probably after the first couple of years, he would have said, not really any yet. And, and well, so Kirby, so tell us about the church. Have you built a church? Have you got a church going? And, and probably his answer would have been, well, not really. Well, surely you're doing Bible studies, right, Kirby? You're doing Bible studies, aren't you? And well, you know, I am kind of talking with a couple, couple guys. So, so we would have looked at Kirby's ministry and said, "Dude, what, what are you doing?" But, but he went to Burma to do this. He went to Burma. Uh, you guys can appreciate. He went to Burma to raise soybeans. That's why he went. He took his degree from K State and went there to raise soybeans and some other crops uh, for for food for the people. For food that could be turned into to, to uh, animal feed, uh, so he went to raise soybeans and uh, raise chickens, and show people how to do it themselves. And then, and then, tell them about Jesus. I, I say that for this reason: Jesus saw their spiritual need. Obviously, that's first and foremost. But sometimes we have to see the physical need too. Sometimes we have to be moved by the physical need. We have to reach out to touch the a physical need so that we have the door and the opportunity to meet a spiritual need. So so church as as that applies to us, there's times where 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 maybe our first step isn't to go up to someone and let me tell you about Jesus. Maybe it's to go up to someone and say, let me help you do this. Let me help you with this need. Let me help you with this problem. Let me let me buy you some groceries groceries. Let me do this so that it opens up the door to meet that spiritual need. But Jesus was moved with compassion to do both of those. Uh, Jesus had compassion, but notice what the disciples had. The disciples had concerns. Look at verse, uh, uh, verse 35. By this time it was late in the day, so his disciples came to him. This is a remote place. Just notice how concerned they are. Can, can you catch? I mean, these guys are, 
they're really bothered by this and they're very concerned. Uh, this is a, a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Jesus, look, it's getting, it's about to get dark. Um, send these people away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and the villages and buy something to eat. Boy, they were concerned. Now, let me point this out. Uh, the disciples were tired and hungry. But I think their concern wasn't so much about the crowd as it was about themselves. Years ago, uh, we had a, uh, we had a fellowship group in the church at Rushville called the Acts 242 groups. Uh, and really what it was, we'd get together, we had, I don't know, had five or six groups and, uh, of about eight or ten people and, and we'd just get together for fellowship, go out to eat, go to someone's house, Maybe go to a Royals game, something like that. But just a, a chance to get together and, and get to know and, and build relationship with people. And and our group went out to eat one night to, into St. Joe. And and a couple of people got talking, and they said, it's right after Rib Crib opened. So you, that's been there for years now. Uh, and someone said, well, let's go to Rib Crib. I'd only been there one time, and I wasn't, I didn't like it that well. So when they said Rib Crib, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go to Rib Crib. But, you know, I, I'm mature, and I let them decide. So we get there, and someone runs up and says, we had a group, what it was, eight, I'll say eight people, eight or ten, and said, a group for eight, and it was going to take us an hour. We're going to have to wait an hour. And so they come out and said, hey, it's going to be about an hour. Now, now remember, our group was, our purpose was to get together and know people to talk. Hey, we could have spent that hour talking and getting, building relationship. But, but two things were going on. I didn't really like rib crib. And uh, I didn't really want to wait an hour. So... So you know what I did? <laughs> we had a guy in our group, uh, Rod Fry is his name. Uh, some of you might know him, works at John Deere down in, in Ashton. Uh, uh, Rod Fry is, a, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but a diabetic. I don't think he's concerned, but he's diabetic. And so I ended up saying to the group, hey guys, Rod's diabetic. He is, and, and he is, you know, he struggles. I mean, it, it, you know, he had told me before that if he doesn't eat certain time, his blood sugar can drop. And, and uh, I don't know, he looks like he's, you know, I, I, I didn't say it in your side of Rod, but, you know, I, he looks like he's kind of going downhill. Maybe we should. <laughs> I don't know where we went, but we left Rib Crib and went somewhere else. I think it was. Yeah. Thanks, Rita. We went to Whiskey Creek and had a terrible meal there. Never been back. So, but we didn't have to wait. Amen. Uh, now, I put on my best, I'm concerned voice. Rod's got diabetes. He looks, oh, I think his blood sugar's dropping. He's getting kind of glassy eyed. You know, the truth, you know what I was concerned about? I was concerned because I was hungry. And I didn't want to wait. The, so, so when we see the disciples say, hey, this is a remote place and it's about to get dark and these guys are hungry, you, you know, really what they, what they were saying was, uh, uh, we're, we're tired and hungry, Jesus. Uh, let's get, let's get this ministry thing over with so we can go see them. The, the truth is they, they weren't moved. <laughs> they weren't moved by what was going on. They weren't moved by what, what Jesus had been moved by and in part I wonder if they weren't moved because this wasn't their ministry they they just finished this this one-on-one or two-on-two ministry 
and were stoked. They were excited about it. But but this is something different now. This is a whole different group of people, and 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 it really wasn't their deal. They they wouldn't have ever landed the boat. They'd have just floated out in the Sea of Galilee and taken a nap out there. This wasn't their this wasn't their gig, and so they weren't moved at all by it. I I remember years ago was the first ministry I had in U Missouri. We we had a group called Salt. Uh, they they were a, a group of four. Uh, uh, four people, two young couples that were singing group and did drama. They were fantastic. I'd, I'd seen them at a camp thing earlier that year and we'd booked them to come do a concert for us. And, and within that concert that night, we had a youth event uh, planned for our high school kids. And, and that group got there middle of the afternoon. We had the event that night. I was so stoked that our kids were going to get to know these two young couples and I went to college with one of them they I was it was I was excited about this opportunity when they came in I mentioned to them to, to this group fantastic group. I mentioned to them hey we've got this youth event tonight and uh, uh and and I made the mistake of saying if you guys want to come it'd be great I, I I it's all in phraseology I should have said hey you need to be at the church at seven and I, I I've never forgot their response that's okay we're tired. What wasn't their ministry? They were there to be there the next day and sing and do drama. We're not there to mess with your kids. We don't even know them. We don't care. I, that, that's I'm, I may be being a little judgmental. I may be being a little too harsh. But I remember it touched me that they had an opportunity to minister and they missed it because they weren't moved by the chance. Jesus' disciples. Seemed like they were concerned, but they, they really weren't. They were concerned about themselves. The truth is they just didn't care. Uh, they didn't care that, that there were hungry people in front of them. Spiritually and physically hungry people that needed attention. But then we also see uh, in this story one last thing. Uh, we see that the followers, the, the group, the people that met there, they ended up with a meal. And, and they were satisfied. They, they were satisfied, not just physically. We see that in the miracle, uh, of, of what happened, but they were satisfied spiritually. Jesus spoke to their hearts and touched them right where they were and met the need of their heart. Interestingly enough, the passage doesn't go on and give us details on this, but, but I think it had to be true. Uh, when, when the, the event was over when they had passed out all the bread and all the fish. Everyone had had their fill. I mean, everyone was feeling good because Jesus had taught them about God and they were feeling good because their bellies were full. And Jesus said to the disciples, okay, now go pick up all the leftovers. And they, and they, they start filling baskets and there's 12 baskets that had come out of five fish or five loaves and two fish. So you know who else was satisfied? I think it's just obvious. The disciples. The apostles, that they were satisfied because they saw ministry. Even though they weren't excited, even though they were not all that concerned, Jesus put them to work. Jesus put them into ministry and they got something of it. The truth is, guys, as Jesus calls us to be moved by what moves him, there are going to be times that someone's going to guilt you into serving. That might be me from time to time. It might be one of the elders. It might be a Sunday school teacher. It might be a wife or a husband. It might be your child that, that, that encourages you. And maybe you're not all that excited. You're not really that concerned. But the truth is when we serve, it connects us with the heart of Jesus. And we end up being moved in service 
by what moves him. Uh, Margot Starbuck tells a story about her husband, Peter. He was uh, at a conference in, in California. It was a, a conference about engaging with the lost. And one of the, uh, one of the opportunities, one of the, the, the breakout sessions really was for them literally to go to the streets of Los Angeles and start to engage people. So, so Peter went uh, with another guy down to a street corner, and there were there were some guys there that looked pretty rough. They they just stepped out of a a homeless shelter type area, and and uh, and you have to know. She tells in her book, you have to know a little bit about her husband. He's you know he, he is he can be outgoing, but he's very reserved and very you know very calculating in all the things that he does. And and there's certain he's kind of a germaphobic, just things that really bother him that he just you know can't do. And and so for him to step out literally on the dirty streets of L.A. and talk to these guys. That was a big deal. But he said, as this group of guys were standing there, he and another guy, and they began to engage, and they just started talking, and then then they told him why they were there, and they started talking about Jesus a little bit. And and as they're talking, he says, one of the guys leaves the group and goes to the convenience store right next door and comes back with a, hopefully none of you know if this is the right out, uh, right size, but, with a, a 40 ounce can of beer. Do they make a 40 ounce can of beer? You're all supposed to say, I don't know, how would I know? But, um, uh, but you know, I, I've seen those little great big old, big old suckers. So a guy comes out with a, a big, great big old can of beer and pops the top on it, takes a drink, and then he hands it to the next guy. And he takes a drink and he hands it to the next guy. And it's going around the circle and it comes to, to Peter Starbuck. And, He's struggling for two reasons. Number one, he doesn't drink. And that's not the biggest struggle, but, you know, beer's not his thing. But, man, all those guys <laughs> drink out of that can. And it gets to him, and every bone in his body wanted to pass it on to the next guy. But he says he grabbed the can, took a drink, and passed it on. <laughs> I'm not suggesting you go drink with people, (laughs) necessarily. But he was moved. He was moved. Literally by what moves Jesus. Jesus always put himself where people were. Jesus cared if a, a man struck with leprosy called out his name, and Jesus wanted to touch him. He was moved when they dropped a guy through the ceiling and it interrupted his, his message and he wanted to heal him. He was moved when a guy comes screaming down off a mountainside yelling at the top of his lungs, naked and covered in scars and blood and he wanted to put him back in his right mind. Jesus was moved and so should we. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you this morning that you have challenged us, you've called us to be like you. Uh, Father, help us be moved by what moves you. Help us have compassion like Jesus. Father, it's so easy to have a false concern like his disciples did. But Father, let us look past that and find ourselves in ministry so that we can end up with your heart. Father, uh, help us reach out and touch people's needs, physical, certainly spiritual. But Father, let us have compassion by those that need to know you in Jesus' name. If you're here this morning and you need to know Christ, I would encourage you to come. If you're, if you're here and you're struggling, maybe you're, you're hurting this morning 
and you just simply need someone that will say, you know what, I, I, I'll pray for you, I'll give you strength, uh, you, you can count on me. Maybe you need someone just to, to lay their hands on you, our leadership, we'd be glad to do that. If you need to come this morning.